This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus. Rewards. Registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So, see mcdonalds.com for full details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. There's a team that we all love, playing out of person town. They've had a few promotions, but always end up going down. Play up, play up, for fail. 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 Welcome to the Ale and Vale podcast. It's Tuesday the 17th of January. It's five past nine, so way past my bedtime. So if we finish early, you know why. Welcome to a snowy Stoke-on-Trent. And unfortunately, the snow has arrived 24 hours too late because it means that we can't um, forget about last night's match that happened. And that's what we're here to talk about. So before we get into last night's match, obviously news coming from the club today, Addy Charlesley's left mutual termination and joined Newport County. So all the best, Addy. And... I think he'll do well at that level, Johnny. Um, I think Newport have got a decent player for League Two level and sorry to see him go, but he wasn't getting an opportunity and we'll talk on Thursday about what happens next, really, won't we? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, obviously, transfers and what we think we need and stuff like that. We'll we'll get, we'll give the club a, another couple of days to bring one in before we get on the back too much. But yeah, Charles, I think it says everything about Charles. He's gone bottom half of League Two, gone back to a manager he knows... Um, because the Newport manager was his Mansfield manager. Yeah. But he's really energetic. He brings a lot to the midfield in terms of work rate. Um, but we didn't really see creativity from him. He freed Ben Garrity up to go and do what Garrity was good at. So if Newport's got that sort of person, they've got a cracking third member of the midfield for me. Yeah, yeah, I think he'll do well there. And Steve, probably his best moment, Salford away, would you say? Yeah, that was, I was lucky enough to be there. That was a great night. I think Charlesley, we needed him last year. He was available. He came to us because last year, our midfield was this year's strikers. We were really undermanned. He came in and played a big part in getting promoted. As Johnny said, he got about the pitch. He put his tackles and he wasn't the best on the ball. But he'll be fondly remembered because he came in, did a really good job. And to his credit, I've not heard that he's been moaning. And I think he probably has deserved more game time this year. He's not one of the, was never going to be one of the starters, but 
good luck, good luck to him. Maybe it works out well for him. And they've got a, a good signing for for that level. And we're trying to get away from that. So it probably suits everybody. Yeah, definitely. So we've got an hour, lads, because I won't go bad. Let's get into last night's game. Um, again, and we have said this a couple of times this season, which says it's happened more than once. We will distinguish that 90 minutes for the season as a whole. And we'll just say it the once and then it's done with. We're in the top half of League One. It's January the 17th. We're still five points off the playoffs, which I don't think is a realistic aim. If we got there, it'd be unbelievable. And we're still, I think, 11 points above relegation now. So we're having a great season. Let's just put that there. And now we'll focus on last night's game because it's we do want to distinguish between the two because those that are crying and sort of, oh, this is horrendous. No, it's not. It was a bad 90 minutes. And I don't think it was as bad as people are making out. It wasn't great, but I don't think it was that bad. But let's get into it. And I did watch on Sky, so I probably got a different perspective to everyone else as I've been away for work. So possession stats, Vale 54%, Peterborough's 46%. Total shots, 11 for Vale, 14 for Peterborough. On target, 4 for Vale, 3 for Peterborough. Um, Clear-cut chances, 2 for Peterborough, none for Vale, which I think was tallying, obviously, at the end of the day. Corner, 5 for Peterborough, 1 for Vale. And he finished Vale nil Peterborough two goals from Mason Clark on the 56th and 64th minute. And just come to you, Steve, because you gave us a stat before we come on air, which I think is telling. Tell us what you told us before we come on air. Yeah, because of a massive tryhard and uh, Sarah's been out and the kids would just do whatever they were doing. And look, I think the difference between the two sides was the front three. Their front three against our front three. As Bez says, we'll go, we'll go into what we need on Thursday. But Mason Clark who scored the two goals, he's played 200 senior men's games. Johnson Clark-Harris has played 340, and Joel Ward's played 183. That's a lot of experience and a lot of quality up front for them. Last night was Butterworth's 14th league game and Mipo's fifth league game. And we were expecting Mipo to lead the line, hold the ball up, um, be a threat and score a goal with that little experience in men's football. Mass is obviously played a lot more games. But when two out of you three forwards have got no experience whatsoever, you're going to be up against it unless they're real quality. And I just think that's where the game was, the difference between the two teams was. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot to be said for that. And for those that were at the game and haven't got Sky or recorded it and watched it back, Flickcroft was on commentary for the first 15 minutes. And to summarise the main things he said off the top of my head, I know I told you a lot last night, but I'm trying to remember. One was about transfers coming in, and he basically said, Connor Hall's a big miss, but we've done the right thing by him, and he will need to be replaced. He said, obviously, with Willow and Harrison out, although Clark, he then touched on that later, he says, we need to bring a striker in, and we're all looking to freshen things up. Um, he was asked about Daryl Clark, and he basically said, um, we give Clark a five-year contract to make it hard for other clubs to take him. And when I say he was asked about Daryl Clark, obviously the Peterborough link, and this was before Clark ruled himself out. Um, he then said that we're doing everything right at the club and we're building the club piece by piece and we've got to carry on that project to make it that Clark doesn't want to leave. And I think they were the main talking points. Did I tell you a lot? Anything else in the group chat that he said? Didn't, feels... didn't you say that he wanted a left wing back as yeah. well? <laughs> yes, he did say he wanted a left wing back yeah. as well. Amen. Yeah, I think that's I think that's everything from what you said, and like I think it's hard to disagree with any of that, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? The only thing I'd probably disagree with is what what Corky ruling himself out of the job. I'm 
in the camp of he had he didn't really rule himself out of it as to say maybe something's ruled him out of it, which possibly Flickcroft touched on. Um to make it hard to take him because of the contract. Possibly. I'm, I'm sure any manager worth his salt would have looked at that job and bits and pieces work and, and don't work, don't they? Do you know what I mean? So I, I wouldn't blame Clarkie for looking at it and want and, and being interested in it, but we've got to do what's best for us and putting the faith in him that way possibly secures us a war chest if a manager does leave. Yeah. Um, and and let's be let's be honest now, whilst we've all been a bit jittery in, in the group about it and there's been a lot of nervousness on social media, it's it's good that, that Clark's being linked and talked about for these jobs. It means we're doing well. A shit manager doesn't get linked to, to big jobs, do they? So Yeah, I think Andy Andy said in our group chat, he said managers always leave. You either sack them because they're shit or they leave because they move on to better things because they've deserved a crack. And you're far better off the latter when Clark, he's got notice for what he's done for us than us having to pie him off like we've done the last five managers when we're scraping around the bottom of the league too. If he was to leave Vale for a bigger or better club with more money and to further his career, I wouldn't begrudge him. You know, I'd be gutted, but I can see why I'd do it. But, you know, as Flick has said, and as you guys have said, we've made it difficult. And if he does leave, we've got a fair bit of compensation to go to come our way to start again so we're in a strong position and well, well he will eventually leave and let's hope he leaves because he's gone to bigger and better things not that we've had to sack him let's hope he leaves because he's reached the age of 68 and decides to retire <laughs> with 20 <laughs> Premier League titles under his belt and 14 <laughs> Champions Leagues come on now Johnny let's be realistic sorry <laughs> 10, 10 Champions so, Leagues <laughs> yeah I, I was personally very very nervous and that's because yes managers come and go and no one's bigger than the club I get that and would we get another manager of course we would but he's doing a great job as we all know and it's that continuity of having the same manager and for me that with the same philosophy and you don't know what a new manager's philosophy would be although maybe and this is one for Thursday maybe some of that's taken away because of the director of football and maybe that's where the philosophy's set and then you bring a manager in that fits everything else so it wouldn't be as drastic as a change but personally I'm over the moon that he's ruled himself out however Cardiff have sat there manager and as we say because we're doing well any club that sacks the manager now below the premiership Daniel Clark's going to be in the frame yeah, definitely. And, and it's a good thing in that sense. So, do you know what? And if he does go, he goes with the best wishes, doesn't he? Um, as long as he's been honest. And that's all you can ask. Yeah. If he turns around and says he's not interested in it on Sky on Monday, and then he's announced on Friday as Portsmouth boss, I think there'd be a bit of a bit of heated conversation going on. But if he, if he rules himself out and that's that, then we're done, we move on. Definitely. Definitely, and hopefully by the time we talk again on Thursday, they've announced Grant McCann. Yeah, and then we're everyone's happy. Everyone will be happy. Right, let's get into last night then, and we'll fly through this as pain-free as possible, because it was a little bit painful. Um, first 20 minutes, lads, you were in the ground, I wasn't. I thought we were by far the better side first 20 minutes. Benning should have scored. That was good, the point for us. Good save from their goalie. Didn't know a lot about it. Should have scored. They then had 15 minutes, and then I thought we were the better side towards the end of the half. Then I thought their goal come against the runner play. We were on top then. 
and then we never got a sniff after they scored. That was my view from watching on Sky. Agree or disagree? And I don't think we were great, but I don't think they were either, if I'm totally honest. Yeah, I, th- I think I think we let ourselves down with final ball yesterday. I think Warrell got in some fantastic positions, but his ball wasn't quite as good as we used to. I think you know, a couple of times Mass- Massey got himself down well and probably chose the wrong option. Um, and I think it was, I think it's telling, and of it, this is just me guessing now, but I feel that Harrison may have trained leading up to the game and been ruled out late on just because we seem to be, it seems we seem to be playing to Harrison when it was Mipo up front. And I don't think Mipo's that target man. I think he, he's better off the shoulder playing next to someone. And we were trying to float it in and try and get him hold it up. And whether that's just, a bit of stubbornness, arrogant arrogance from Clark. I don't know, saying Mipo can do the job. But yeah, it was it was a game of two halves massively. Like I think, like you say, the first half we were we 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 shaded it for me. Um and then the second half we just we we folded like a cheap pack pack of cards. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't disagree. Um the the big point for Vale was when Benning you know, to be fair, the keeper spreads himself really well. And that was Vale's chance. And after that, we didn't, you know, I think telling for me was our most creative player was Dan Jones. And some of his passing last night was amazing. But that does ring the alarm bells. The final ball, like you say, Johnny, was was poor from both sides. And when we did get in the positions with a player like Mipo, you've got to be more accurate. You can't just hang it up there. Because as you say, he's not Ellis Harrison in the air. And Mipo struggled last night, but he's played better when he's had when he's had Harris alongside him to play off. And he was you got a bit of a thankless task. They got three big centre halves, and it was hard for us. They wouldn't say scored. You just could not see us getting back. Well, I couldn't just couldn't see us getting back into it. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think it's also worth pointing out you take the front two out of any side, and it does have an impact. When you your first choice strikers one and two are out. It has a big impact, and maybe we should have moved early in the transfer window for striker, but you never know when injuries are coming or not, do you? So, again, we'll touch on that Thursday. So, Johnny, you sent me a message when the team come out, and it said, that 11, dot, 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 odd. Nice he was back in the 11. Petting Garrity works well. Just thought Ojo deserved to start after Forest Green. Meepo and Massey up top is a worry. More so for Massey than Meepo, unless it's three up top and Butterworth and Massey are either side, which obviously it turned out it was, I think. Cash really worries me, especially versus Johnson Clark Harris. So that were your thoughts before the game. What are your thoughts after the game? And a rating for Clark and the coaching staff while you're at it. I reckon I was spot on, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's the best you've done, to be honest, mate. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think I could have um, hit the nail on the head a bit more, especially with that last point. Um, for me, it's, it, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a five for Clark. I think what I do want to touch on while we're talking about it is the booing of the Warrell sub. Now, I'm no sports scientist, but when I'm sat there watching Dave Warrell blowing out his arse after 25 minutes because he's clearly not 100 fit. And then he goes very quiet for 15 minutes, which coincided with our wall in the first half he then got what seemed like a second win towards the end and we were on top again 
in the second half, he died off a little bit. We boot, People booed that sub. If Warrell stays on, Warrell's out for four weeks. I, I guarantee you now, he would have he would have injured himself yesterday because he was absolutely bollocks. Yeah, I could people... do better. I could do better than that. Did you see on Sky Bears that fan having a running battle with DC? No, obviously, we didn't show it on Sky. Obviously, I'm in the Lord Street, home of the um, not the glass half empty, the glass with a bit of a drip in the bottom of it. And one bloke, I'm going to call him out because he's a dickhead. He ran all the way on the concourse to abuse Clark for taking Wazza off. I'm not a sports scientist either, Johnny, but I've got eyes. Wazza was done. The, and, and to abuse, honestly, it was it really got on my nerves. Him and Clark were having a right pop at each other. And a lot, you know, a lot of the fans near the front were, were telling the bloke to sit down or worse that effect. But Wazza was injured or would have been injured. He was done for. He hasn't played for weeks on a pitch like that. You don't have to be a football expert. You just have to have a bit of common sense, don't you, to see why he came off? Yeah, and I'll be honest, watching on Sky, the boos come through loud and clear. I haven't heard boos like that in the ground for a good while. Now, Wazza was my man of the match. I'll put it out there now. He was my man of the match. However, I know he's been injured, and I know he hasn't played. I can't... When did he last play? Did he play with Sheffield for a bit? Can't remember, but we know he's been injured. He He didn't play the last game. Common sense tells you why he's been brought off. He hasn't been brought off because he's played bad. He's been brought off to protect him. He didn't play against Sheffield Wednesday because Massey started a wing back, didn't he? And he didn't play against yeah, Forest Green. And he didn't play against Forest Green. So that's yeah. so yeah, he's been out injured. He didn't play against Morecambe either. I think there I we think go then. So he's been out injured since before Christmas. Wanted. Yeah, could have been. So before yeah. Christmas he's been out. That's a month ago. A month ago then. Oh, Salford, sorry, on the 20th. So, yeah, just shy of a month. Shy of a month, yeah. So, common sense tells you why he got brought off. He hasn't been brought off because it was a bad performance. He hasn't been brought off because Clark thinks, actually, we're going to look a better side with Dave Warrell on the bench. He's been brought off because he's been out injured, so I couldn't get my head around that either. Yeah, I I appreciated the frustration that he was the only player doing anything. I, I, I got that. And maybe it was more... A resignment from everyone that this this game's done now he's come off, but it it just it baffled me. The booze at the end, I'm all for the booze at the end. Do you know what I mean? Because it was a shit performance. And as long as you can turn around on Saturday when there's a good following on Saturday and ignore what happened Monday, then boo all you want. But like the the, the Warrell sub just just baffled me completely. Yeah. Like, <laughs> The war or yeah. something, but yeah, but back to Clark yeah, anyway. A five one, I, I think he went, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think he went with the wrong 11 in terms of oh, Joe deserved the start, and I think we should have started with three in there. Poku didn't do a lot in terms of what he did when we, we were down there where he tore Mal and Dan Jones a new arse, but what he did do is he had the freedom of the pitch and just left, left the back three with a man each. And I think we just needed that shield inside, which Ojo would have provided. Um, but yeah, it's hard when you haven't got two strikers because then what do you do there? Do you play Mipo and Massey up and out for the best? I don't really know in that terms. It's like hindsight says, but worth probably shouldn't have played because he was non-existent. But politics comes on, runs into a lad and then disappears for 30 minutes. So it's... At the minute it's hard and then it sounds then it makes it sound like it's shit recruitment and we know it's we know it's not. We know it's poor recruitment in some places, but we'll 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 touch all on that on Thursday, the recruitment side of it and what next. Because I think 
that deserves a, a good amount of time itself. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And what I will say is just on better bingo, I wouldn't have had us down for any points against Peterborough this season, and we haven't got any. But they were in the championship last year. We were League Two. For me, I'd have expected to lose time to Peterborough. Yes, I'd have expected a better performance. You know, if we'd have played like we did against Ipswich and lost, then, you know, I get it. But I understand the frustration with the performance, but let's be realistic. Right, lineups then. You starting, Johnny. I'm interested in this one. In goal, Jack Stevens. Three. The um the 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 kicking reappeared. I haven't moaned about it for a while, so I think it's about time. It was shocking. Like what I love about Stevens is I like when he comes out. He, he adds that extra centre off almost when when we're passing it around. What 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 we don't do is because we haven't got it. We we don't utilise that like other teams have, where they pass it into someone that's creative. We're passing it to Dan Jones and going, go on DJ, do something with it. Maybe we're missing Conlon for that if we're going to do that because obviously we know Conlon's got a, a good range of passing and comfortable in midfield. But maybe we're missing a three-man midfield. Who knows? But I think that's the only thing Stevens did positive yesterday. He shit out when he came for the cross. If, you, if you're making that decision, you've got to come. And if you're not, you've got to make yourself bloody massive for when it goes back across. Because if Clark Harry shoots from there, there's no way he's scoring. So you've got to set yourself better. The second one, I just think he's, he's, he's not thrown himself at it and been brave enough. No, he it's, shit himself. On tally, he shit himself and made himself as small as possible and protected himself rather than stopping the ball going in on the second. Yeah, I, but and I also think that like we're a team where we can't afford five players have an off day, and unfortunately they did yesterday, and he was one of them. And it's probably the first time you can say that about him, because mm. I don't really remember him having too many shitters. Like we've conceded the odd goal where we thought, oh, I should have done better, and his kicking's been a bit wank all, all since since we've had him. But I felt it's gradually getting better and improving because it's gone shorter, really. Um, or because Alice actually goes and does something with it. That 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 could be more Alice Harrison than him. But I said at one stage with his kicking, we may as well just, instead of like, you know, we just dick over to the right when he's on the right-hand side or the left. We may as well just stay in position and just let him kick it because there's more chance of one of our lads winning it then. But mm. Stevens really frustrated me yesterday. Really frustrated me. Yeah, I'm with you. His worst game in a veil shirt for me. And they did say on commentary, and this wasn't Flickers, this was one of the other commentators, that Oxford have got till the 20th of Jan to recall him. If they haven't recalled him by then, they're not recalling him. And I'll be honest, I don't think they're recalling him at this stage. Steve? I, I kind of disagree on the kicking, but not his particular kick, not his distribution. I just thought he had so little option. He'd get the ball, he'd have, he'd have nowhere to go, He'd try and float it out, out wide, Butterworth will lose the edit. He'd try and go to the other side, Matt would lose the edit. If he tried to go down the middle, the two-setter off gobbled it up. I don't think his kicking was great. I'm not sure what even Edison or someone, if you've got no targets and your players aren't winning anything, I'm not sure what you can do. I agree a lot. I've watched the, the first goal back. I think he should come for the cross. And the second goal, yeah. He's got to he's got to be more positive and a risk injury, but you know our pitch is bad. We try his starting position is great. I just think he's kicking. I, I 
don't think he had a lot to work with. He played a bad hand pretty poorly, but I think there was reasons for it, to be honest. Yeah, and on that, the pitch is bad. On Sky, they showed highlights of when we beat Peterborough at home 5-0 20 years ago. Naylor scored some, can't remember what <laughs> And the pitch was a hell of a lot worse than it is now 20 years ago. But what I would say is last night, you could see the clumps of it coming up on tally. And there's times where, and Butterworth had a bad game and we'll get to it. But there's times where he's trying to dribble and he can't stand up because the pitch is just giving way under his feet. And I know we can't do anything about it now, but something needs to be done about the pitch at the end of the season if we want to play good football. If we want teams to come and go, God, this is an horrible pitch, we're in for a scrap, leave it as this. If we want to play good football, something needs to be done about it. Um, left of the back three, coming to you first, Steve. Dan Jones. Yeah, he did some amazing things. Um, first of all, some of his passing was how this world was one the second half, left to right, which was just mind-blowing. And he did, did that on three or four occasions. As I said at the start, he was almost creative player, which is a problem. I also thought he defended pretty well. He misjudged a header in the first half, and I think it was Clark Harris who went through. Smith held him up, and Jones came steaming back. He didn't, you know, he didn't like hold his head and, hold his head and just like dial it in. He, I thought Jones was... I don't, I'm not sure I want to give him out of the match for yesterday, but he was one of the best of a of a bad bunch. And I think he's really stepped up into a kind of leadership role as well. Now Hall's now Hall's gone. He's pretty secure of his place, unless we sign somebody else. But even if we do sign another left-sided player, I think he, de- he deserves a role on the side. And yeah, he was he was good last night. Jones was, and he was almost creative player. There you go, Johnny. Yeah, it's worrying when you say the centre half's your most creative player, isn't it? But yeah, that's the point I'm making. You know, I'm not yeah. dissing him. I'm thinking, God, what is that? What we're about? I think uh, the, the the thing with Jones yesterday was he did everything that you could ask for him. I've seen a lot of people slating him, and and a lot of people saying can't see what people see in him. And if I, I don't know what else he can do, like like some some of his passing was wank. Don't get me wrong, but I'd like to see anyone else in there with that much space that Jonesy had looking at statues to do anything better. Like you said, he, he he's a centre-half. Asking his centre-half to be the most creative player is worrying. If that's Tom Conlon doing that, I get the grief of not being able to pick out a player because you expect your midfielder, your attacking midfielder, if it's Petty, if it's Ojo, if it's Willow, for example, because we'd expect that of Willow, you'd expect him to be able to find a pass into feet, move, push on, whatever. But Jones, he's centre-half. And he, he, he did everything he could. Like, I don't feel like any of the goals we conceded were particularly down to Jones. And he gets, for me, he gets a five. I think it's solely because he was... He was all right in, in a in a shit performance, but just misses out on man of the match to to what you said, Bez. Yeah, that's fair. And then Johnny in the middle was smudgy. Yeah, smudgy, smudgy. Um, I'll tell you what I did like. Warrell got absolutely poleaxed in the first half. We didn't get a free kick for it. The referee did what all good referees do when they know they're fucked up and give a foul for nothing when they're allowed at the deck on the byline. No, I'll uh, tell you what he gave the foul for on that. You probably couldn't tell on in the ground, but you could on tally. 
Their lad has dived and then handled the ball. He gave a foul for handball. Right, okay. Well, because in the ground, it just looked like Smithy, Smithy had gone down like with their lad a little bit and then he'd give a free kick. So it just felt like, do you know, like one of them where he thinks, oh, fuck this up. So that was my first thought until I saw the replay. So I can only tell you that after seeing the replay. Fair enough, but I say that that's our thought. But Smithy pinched him as he picked him up. I don't know if you noticed. No, I didn't. It showed you. Yeah, because you you saw him have that little smile at him, pick him up, and their lad like pulled his arm away quickly when Smithy picked him up. So he's up to his old antics. But with Smithy, it's an all right Smith performance. Again, second time this season, Johnson Clark Harris has got the better of him. Um. Um, that bit of defending, like you say, when Jonesy when he bounced over Jonesy, Smithy did really well there to 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 let to make Johnson Clark Harris make a decision. He didn't, and Jones got back and took him and took the ball. But yeah, it was all right from Smithy. Nothing more, nothing less. So five for Smithy as well. Steve, right. yeah, um, everything you said. Um, he's got a handful with Clark Harris and Smithy. Might be smaller than most centre forwards, but he can manhandle them as well. He can't do that with Clark Harris. He's built like a cruiserweight boxer, isn't he? He's strong, he's direct. He was handful all night, and Smithy did. You know, and Smithy didn't disgrace himself. He did better last night than he did at Peterborough. But again, I think five is about fair. Yep. And then Steve next was Cass. <laughs> I'm glad you won him first. Yeah, first of all, I don't know why Cass was playing and not Forrester, unless Forrester's injured. Um, he's too weak physically for me. You know, he's was a header in the first half when, um, when what's his name, when Mason Clark went, went through, which was as weak as piss. His tackling wasn't strong enough. Um, the second goal, his position was, he was, positional play was terrible. Um, he did a couple of good runs down the right-hand side early doors, but he was a poor game for Cass. But I, I do sympathise with him because he'll come in for a game, then he'll disappear for five weeks, then he'll come in again and play badly. He doesn't get any continuity, and that's not an excuse because he wasn't good last night. But, yeah, if I was giving him a rating, I'd be giving him a four, something like that. Johnny, you're generous. I know, yeah, I'm not as hard as you, I can't. <laughs> yeah, he was dog shit last night. Absolute dog shit. Like, it was, Stu summed it up in the group, didn't he, when he said, imagine my surprise, Louis Cass being beaten in the air. Yeah. And it's true. He's he's six foot two, would you say, probably? Like, and he's been beaten in the air every single time. Even by that, the, the little lad, what, um, the one that was from Barnet, can't remember his name now, the, um, the lad that scored the two goals. Um, Mason Clark. Clark. Yeah. Clark yeah. yeah, he got beaten in the air by him two or three times. He got outpaced, outstrengthed. It's just, it uh, frustrates the shit out of me because he's got a, he's got a good size about him. He's athletic. But he's not quick, he's not strong, he's not good in the air, he's not good on the ball. I don't I don't get what he adds. Whereas Forrester, a little bit smaller than him, I'd say, but better in the air, he's stronger, he's quicker, he's better on the ball. I get he's been out with a few niggly little injuries here and there, so maybe that's the thing with Forrester, he's got to get back to full fitness. But Cass, yeah, I just... I don't, I, 
last night wasn't his day. He, I don't he think he's got a position. Do you? I don't think he's got a position. What's his best position? I think he's, he's a right back. He's certainly could play centre half, and he's not good enough on the ball playing right back. I'm not sure what he is. No, no. I, I think I think he I think he's a right back. I think with the way he overlaps when he overlaps Warrell when he went down in the first half. I think I think you'd get a good right back out of him, but we don't play right backs. We play wing yeah. backs or centre half. So, right, I'm going to shock you both now. Go on, Lewis Cass was excellent at playing them on side up until and Steve, you mentioned it. That header he put that Mason Clark through, and he didn't score after about 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Up to that point. That Mason Clark got no change out of Cass. Never got past him up to that point. Cass took the ball off him a couple of times and got us going forward. He was positive. Then he did that, and he absolutely fell apart after that and was dire for the rest of the game. He was dog shit after that. And you can look at him for the goals. You can. He had a really good 25, to the point where that first, until then, Eddie, I thought, Lewis Cass is man of the match here. And he fell apart one mistake and his head went. He completely fell apart after that. Because if you watch that first 25 minutes back, anyone that's got it recorded, that Mason Clark didn't beat him once. Cass kept up with him for pace. He took the ball off him a couple of times, kept the ball and got us on the front foot and did exactly what you want your right centre-back do. And one mistake and he fell apart. So I don't know if that says anything about him mentally. Or his confidence just is that low that it only takes one mistake, he falls apart. And overall, yes, he's probably a four because the rest was awful. I want more of that first 25 minutes if he's going to start. But saying that, I think Will Forrest is back in. Yeah, I think like when, 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 you, when you physically have a hand in, in two of the goals in terms of he massively played... Their, their lad on side for the the second was it the first or the, whichever the first or the second he massively played their lad on side and then he was he was beating the air it's just it's frustrating it just really is frustrating yeah but yeah it's you've got you've got to play with the you've got to play fitness sometimes and it's, yeah yeah annoying it is next up then and it is. Hugh Johnny on the left side of midfield, Mal Benny. Uh, Walsall Mal Benny turned up, didn't he? Walsall uh, home or Walsall away? Yeah, Walsall away, Mal Benny turned oh, up. Yeah. Yeah. He just. Maybe, maybe the same as what you said about Caspers. Do you know what? Maybe, maybe that the, the save slash miss would. I'd, I'd probably say it was a miss rather than a save. If you if you toe that, it goes goes above the keeper. But maybe, maybe that dented his confidence because after that, he, he couldn't trap a bag of cement. He just was not good. And to be honest, that must have been on his mind because Clark he said in his post match that Mal went in the dressing room and apologised to the lads. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah that was a really it was a really bad Mal Benning performance. It was also a Mal Benning performance where you can tell that there's nobody knocking on the door for his position because I think it when Mal's Mal's been at his best was when when he's faced a bit of adversity and he got bombed out 
and got himself back in. Looked like he was towing a caravan, got himself fit and was brilliant. Maybe the league, the step up the leagues is 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 too much for him. Maybe complacency is set in. I don't know, but it just wasn't a great performance from Benning. And I just hope that it's another one of them Mal Benning performances where we'll now see five or six good ones on the bounce from him because he's either good or shit. You you very rarely get an average performance from Benning, do you? Steve? Yeah, I think you're 100% right. I saw somebody say on Twitter today that was the worst performance he'd ever seen Mal Benning put in. I would disagree. He wasn't quite Warsaw all the way last year because he didn't kick it out three times in five seconds. But he was dreadful, wasn't he? Like you say, trampoline first touch. When he got into half-decent positions, he just kicked it out. Didn't win any tackles. And like you say, when, when Mal Benning is bad, he is bad. He doesn't drop down to like just a bit below average like most players do. He drops down from a seven to a three and nothing, nothing in between. I think... A lot of our trouble last night was down the left-hand side. And he was shit. Let's not be about the bush. Yeah. And then moving on, Steve in the middle, Captain Tom Pett. Didn't think Pett was particularly good. I thought Garrity was the better of the two. He won a couple of Pett-esque free kicks, you know, where he'll, where, where he'll go on the half turn and go down. He didn't create anything. But I, I think all of our midfield are better suited to a three-man midfield. And I think we struggled because I think we're a bit outgunned in there. You know, Poku could drop back in, um, move it around. And yeah, Pet was not disastrous, but he was pretty poor for me. Johnny? Yeah, I think I agree with Stephen in terms of we're suited to a three-man midfield, aren't we? And yeah, it says it all to me. I think Pet, unfortunately... Because of Garrity's size and engine, when they have a similar sort of performance, Garrity always seems a little bit better. I thought the midfield too was just a bit disjointed. Um, partly because I think Peterborough's too bullied us a little bit. Um, I think that Jack Taylor was fantastic. Um, another lad that they picked up from Barnett, do you know what I mean? And then, um, is it? Hector Cripriano, whatever the Cypriot lad oh, that they Cipriano, got from yeah. yeah, they got from Waiting Orient. He he was very good as well, and they all did. They all knew their jobs and stuck to the jobs really well, and did what they were supposed to. And I think they they bullied us out of the game in midfield, and that's that was a little worrying for me. That's why I was crying out for the three, but didn't happen so who knows yeah that Cipriano was excellent to be fair I thought he was very good um carrying on with you Johnny Ben Garrity yeah um like again carbon copy of the pet performance really got himself about a lot never gives up does he always puts in 100% but it just wasn't wasn't a great day for the midfield at all and Neither were coming to take the ball off the back three and and do something about it. So, wasn't great, wasn't pretty, but we move on. For you, Steve? I, I thought Garrett was a bit better than that. I thought he won a lot of headers, I thought he won a lot of tackles. He's never found wanting. He's brave as well. He'll, he'll have the ball. He's, although he's about 
perhaps not the best passer. He'll always have the ball. He got up and down. And like you say, Johnny, in a midfield two, Garrity stands out because of his because of his physicality when they both have average average games. He was crying out for Ojo in there to allow Garrity to push on a bit. But as you say, for whatever reason, either he didn't fancy Ojo on that pitch or he's not fully fit. It it didn't happen. But I thought Garrity was one of our better players last night. Did you give him a rating, Johnny? Um, no, they were both both. I don't. I don't think I give. To be fair, I don't think over the last three ratings. But both the yeah. midfield two were fives, and Benny was a two. Yeah, I think either Cass would have got a two as well. But yeah. you two were giving fours out, so yeah, uh, I thought stay quiet. Yeah, fair enough. And then on the right of the midfield, my man of the match, and it is you first, Johnny. I believe was it? No, it's not. Steve first. Steve was it? My man of the match. Yeah, he started off like house on fire. Um, when their lad slipped and he got in. He put it in for the Benning chance. He was up, he was down, he was in the right places. He was our threat for that first 20, but he didn't he didn't look fit, did he? He looked like a player who got perhaps 50, 60 minutes in him at most, and then he would have to come off. But it was a you know, like in a sea of shit, was was just floating above it a bit. And we we need a fully fit Dave Warrell, really, and we haven't got that at the moment. And yeah, and he had to, we, we've talked about him getting substituted, but he had to come off to protect him and protect us. And yeah, him and Garrity were, were up there, were up there for me. And I, like I say, it's a shame he's not fully fit because we might have been able to do something. But with our front three, I'm not sure we would have done, but we would have had a better chance if Bottom was fully at it, if that yep. makes any sense. There we go, Johnny. Follow that. That's the quote of the podcast for tonight. And a sea of shit was was a floaty. Follow that. Follow that. Yeah, I don't think there is any power in there, is there? But yeah, he's six, six, six out of ten um, performance in it because his distribution let him down a little bit. Um, maybe because of who he was aiming at. Maybe because he's not hundred percent fit. Maybe because of the pitch. I mean, maybe we can make excuses for him all, but it's it was one of them. Was you you you, you get everything from him. He put he puts it in. He's dynamic. He drives up the pitch. He's exciting when he gets the ball. And he was all that, but he just wasn't fit, was he? No. No, he definitely wasn't. And then staying with you, Johnny, on the left of the front three was Dan Butterworth. Um, well, he definitely doesn't deserve to be called Butter after that performance. So Marjorie Boy um, gets a three because he was dreadful. And it's the worst we've seen Butterworth play. Um, Bez, you mentioned, obviously, the pitch. How it was bouncing up and down and stuff and maybe hindering him a little bit. But No, it wasn't how it was bouncing up and down. And again, it was probably more noticeable on the tally. But there's times where we all know Butterworth's game is get on the ball and drive at people. That's how he plays. There's times you can see him driving at people and the pitch is literally just crumbling under his feet. And he can't get... He can't get a grip on the pitch. And there was one time where he's trying to dribble and he ended up dribbling the ball out of play. And you see him look... In fact, he mouthed the fucking pitch. That's what he mouthed. And then the camera went down to the pitch and there's a massive clump missing where his foot was. And it had literally just ripped up under his foot as he's running. Yeah, this says, says it all. But I, that's, it was a bad performance from him. Do you know what I mean? He worked on the left Plymouth away. But was that because it was Willow in the middle? I'll let everyone else decide. But, yeah, it just wasn't his day, was it? No. Steve? 
it was dreadful. But when you but when you talk about the pitch like that, you have to get you have to give him a caveat, don't you? That caveat his performance because the pitch was so bad. But he didn't particularly want the ball. His movement off the ball was diabolical. You know, when Jones has got the ball at the back or the midfielders, you can't the pitch doesn't stop you making a making a decent run. He looked sort of browbeaten and he looked like the type of player who doesn't have a position and will just flit in and out of games and eventually just keep dropping down the leagues because he'll never find anywhere to play. Now, I hope that's got a lot to do with the pitch because he's been much, much better than that this season. And he's a young lad again. You know, he hasn't got much experience. So he's not going to be consistent at his age and his, and his lack of games. But you can't disguise the fact pitch or no pitch. He was awful last night. In a sea of shit, he was right in the middle of it. Right. Do, you know, do you know who he reminds me of massively? He reminds me of Louis Dodds. When you put him out on the wing, Dodds was shit. Like, was really shit on the wing. He'd put you a shift in, he'd work hard for you, but he was terrible. You put him behind behind that front two, next, next to a front man, whatever, Dodds come alive, and that's how Butterworth feels for me. And, yeah, and that, sorry, and that's why I think we should have started. If we were going to do that, we should have started with, with a centre forward and Butterworth in behind him. You know, three five two. I don't. I hate three four three. I don't think we've got the players for it. Um, and you know, we we don't play politic. Whose position is on that side, isn't it? We don't fancy him. And to get the best of Butterworth, he's got to be buzzing around the front man. But when your front man isn't winning anything, that's probably why I didn't do it because there'd be yeah. nothing to feed off. Yeah, and talking about your middle man last night, it was Mipo. Yeah, what can you say? Did he win? Their centre-halves might as well have had a cup of tea in one hand and a good book in the other because they faced no threat whatsoever. He didn't get about him. He didn't, he didn't bother him physically. He didn't bother with him running in behind. He, could, he didn't hold it up. He was just... It was like a little boy's performance in a, in a, against a team of dirty, ardent, ardent professionals. And he didn't know what to do against him. And I don't think that's all his fault. I think, you know, as I said, when he's had Harrison up front to play off, he isn't your bona fide. He's a big, quite a big lad, but he's not a bona fide target man, is he? He's not a, he's not a Pope-style old up when your head is. And a lot of our problem last night was because the ball kept coming back. And choose whether you're inexperienced or not. If you're playing up front, you've got to do better than he did. And, and he was shit. Johnny? Yeah, I've I've started warming to Meepo recently. So did I. Mean, I. <laughs> yeah, his performance at Forest Green, what he did when he came on at Morecambe and stuff like that. You thought, you know what? There's a player in here, but there's a player in here when he's playing with someone. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, on his own, he's probably two, three years too too young to play there on his own yet. Um, needs to be a bit street smarter and and such like, but. Yeah, it was just a bad day. We we didn't really play to his strengths either, so we didn't help him. But he just whenever whenever he tried anything, he just didn't seem to come off. And it was unfortunate for Miko because obviously after the high of coming on at Forest Green, scoring a good goal because of the movement, not not necessarily obviously the finish, but the movement he made. Like you just want well go now go take your chance, and you just feel that if. Harrison or Willow is fit enough to play 60 minutes against Morecambe, 
you're playing Harrison or Willow there, aren't you? And I know Clarky mentioned both after, and I can't remember which way round. So that's why I've said Harrison or Willow, because I know he said one was a couple of weeks away, but... Willow's two to three weeks. Yeah, that was it. So if Harrison's was level of fitness, then you, you, you give him a go against Morecambe for 60 minutes, in my eyes. I think you've got to. I don't think you have a choice. I don't think you can go to another game of football with that front three because I think just think the same will happen again. We'll, the ball will keep coming back and we won't get any possession. Yeah. On a positive for me, Per, we got caught offside in the first half. Um, and when you see the replay of it, the run he made was very, very clever. It's just the ball come a touch too late. And when you see his run, he kind of comes back, runs across the defenders and then out. And it's the sort of run that a cultured striker makes. And the ball just was a touch late. That was about it for the positives. But there was something there. Um, a bit like Lee Rogers, you might say. No, Rogers was never cultured. He just he just stood offside with his hand in the air. But he was never offside either, was he? No. Hoping he was that small, the liner had missed him. Um, and lastly, on the right, and it's you, Johnny, was Gavin Massey. Yeah, I, I don't think Massey started too badly. I think he just faded into the ether along with the rest of them. Um, he got swallowed up in a sea of shit, you might say. Yeah, swallowed up and swallowed up in Steve's sea of, sea of shit. But yeah, five, five out of ten for Massey. I think he did all right first first twenty five minutes, getting himself about. He got himself back well. He was off. He was offering all the time, but the only downside with with him was was his end product. Now, obviously, that labelled that against majority of our side on Monday as well. Um, but yeah, he's just for for a lad that against Forest Green the last twenty minutes, and I know it's Forest Green that the difference in the two teams is massive. But he he had his he had his tail up against Forest Green and was in and around picking the ball, running, driving, did really well. I just want to see more of that, Gavin Massey, Steve. Yeah, he, start, he started well if it was a li- linking up, but like you say, he faded into the abyss, didn't he? Along, along with the along, along with the rest of them. And in the front three, he's the most experienced, and I thought he was. <coughs> I say this delicately, the best of a bad lot in the front three. But did he threaten them? No. Did he have a, any? Did he create any chances? No. He put himself about. He worked pretty hard, but you know we didn't threaten them at all whether it's a front three, whether it's something from midfield. We threatened him once from Benning. He did, you know, a couple of times, Jonesy tried to pick him out with his, with the big long diags and he bet he never was a but He was all right, but yeah, he was he was a bit better than average because of his first 20 minutes, but after that, he was the same as the rest of them. Yeah, and that's it. That was the Peterborough game and you've done it with about four minutes spare. So, Johnny, anything on the subs for the last four minutes? We made subs. Yeah, to be fair, I kind of felt the same. Yeah, I think, do you know what? Arsh on Sammy, again, because the one thing you can say about Robinson when he comes on is he, he tries to drive forward, doesn't he? Do you know he's what I mean? Brave. He's brave, isn't he? He's brave. Yeah, he's brave, maybe immature as well. Do you know, like, because he, he, there was one stage in, in, when he was on where he did about five or six step overs and then just fell over. Um, 
So it's stuff like that. If you're gonna if you're gonna do them sort of things, you've got to make sure that you you back it up, haven't you? You can't just go, oh, here's a step over, here's a step, oh shove it the deck. But um yeah, Sammy was all right. Ojo didn't really do himself any favours, but then what can you do in five, six minutes towards the end? Didn't see the point of bringing Ojo on, to be honest. With the game's done, what is he going? What is going to be achieved in five minutes when we haven't created anything all game? All all he could do is potentially get injured. Didn't didn't see any sense in bringing Ojo on, and I think politics. Denny showed why he doesn't get in the team, and I know some people love him, but he isn't. He isn't for me. Mm. That's it. That's. Any comments elsewhere, lads? Before we come back Thursday to just have a veil chat and look at Morecambe. Yeah, just 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 for me, like I say, I think like it's what fourth fourth bad day at the office this season. Exeter, Oxford, that one. What's the other? Oh, Peterborough, the other way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fourth fourth bad day at the office now. Do you know what I mean? Out of twenty four games, is that? I think that was twenty five, wasn't it? Yeah, twenty four, twenty five. So it means that the others we we've 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 done all right in. Do you know what I mean? We've had some spectacular days. Derby, Plymouth and stuff like that. And I know we can't, we're not masking a shit performance by saying, look at where we've come from and blah, 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 because we're in this league now. We can't just keep saying, oh, six months ago we were at Wembley, so be grateful that we're in League One. We've got to prove that we deserve to be there. But we are, on the whole, we, we, we all know we're a couple of players short and we had quite an interesting discussion last night around the players that we feel short because obviously like everyone's crying out for a striker, but when you, when you've got four on the books, it's hard to add a fifth. So it's, there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of things I've got to work out over the next couple of weeks. And we're three lads down now. So you could say five lads down actually with the two lone players that went. Um, but someone's got to give in the next couple of days, hopefully. Um, or Alice Harrison, Jamie Proctor, Willow are all, have all got to miraculously come back fit. Yeah. And I want to touch on Willow on Thursday because I'm sure there's no one as frustrated as him because this season really has been stop-start, hasn't it? And more stop than start. Steve, yeah. I know he's your boy from Bedulf. Yeah, I've got some interesting stats for you, but I'm going to give them to you pair after so you can use them on Thursday because otherwise it'll just go well past your bedtime. On Willow, on Willow, he's been unlucky this season. He hasn't picked up crappy little injuries. He got battered at Cambridge. He got they went right through the back of him. It's maybe he's he's a bit more brittle than some people, but he's taken some heavy tackles and these are big impact injuries. Wickham and Sheffield both went straight through the back of him. Yeah, which any player any player will get. For me, the game, it showed you just how threadbare our squad is in certain places. And I think that sums it up. But, you'll, you know, on Thursday, you guys will be able to say why it is. But I, I just to reiterate, I think our front three would, would just non-existent and we need to improve them. Yeah. No, Steve, we won't be able to say why it is. We'll be able to have a ramble and come up with some bollocks that's probably wrong. But <laughs> we'll have a chat anyway. Right, lads, it's one minute to ten. Thank you very much. Shortest podcast we've done in years, but I'm going bed. So until Thursday, everyone, me and Johnny will be back with someone. I don't know who. Johnny will sort that out before Thursday, but we will be back. And until then, have an ale and up the veil.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. So, it's full time from the pod, and we've just lost again, and now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking to who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight, and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah. There we go. So order make delivery on on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.